Hey, what's up to the point listeners? Before we get into the 427th episode that we've done with Ken Goodrich, which by the way is fantastic yet again, I just want to tell you about the new To The Point Home Services podcast newsletter that you can subscribe to. You'll get it once a month, so it's not in your inbox being annoying over and over again, but it shows all of the shows from that previous month that you can click on and listen to. And then of course, leave us a review. Please don't forget to leave us a review. Review, 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 in case you didn't know. Now enjoy this episode, little man, KG number 133. This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It is your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. And I got a buddy of mine in the studio live sitting right across from me right now. Um, just keeps getting skinnier. Uh, been on my co-host a few times, I think like two or three times. Um, probably the best co-host I've ever had. Um, maybe we can do more of that. Yeah. It'd be a good time. Um, but I've got Ken Goodrich in here, CEO of Gettle. Um, also author of the E-Myth HVAC contractor, along with uh, Mr. Michael E. Gerber, who also was in the studio at one point in time, which seems like now forever ago. It does, doesn't it? Um, and as I was uh, reminiscing through all of our episodes, because we've had quite a few, um, I actually forgot there's a few of them that we have done. But did you see that video I sent you of our um, little podcast promo video where I was kind of just talking through all the different people who've been on the show, like the influential people, both um, in the industry and then some of the, like the outside people like Howard BR, president of Starbucks. And we have brought on, used Tyson, Mike Tyson, his clip in there. Uh -huh. from, yeah, but I saw that. Do you remember which one I said was the most influential podcast of all of them that we've done, all 131 to date? About 32 today. <sighs> Refresh my memory. It was you. It was podcast number 62 with Ken Goodrich. And that was cutting out the fat to transform you and your business. Remember that podcast? That was probably yeah. the most impactful one I think that that we've done. So, wow, that's um, cool. Of the uh, twelve, do we figure out twelve we've done right total? Okay, so twelve total King Goodrich podcasts. Um, but you know, another cool thing was I thought for your sake too was um, when you and I co-hosted at um, ACA with we our guest was Brian Sloan from TR Miller out of Chicago. It was cool that Dunk was there with us. Yeah. Had to sit in, sit in on that thing too. Yeah, Dunk is enjoying the, the most fabulous summer ever where I'm having him shadow me 24-7 Is he as as a 22-year-old. Is he, is that, are you being facetious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, I call the most, fan, fa, I call the most fantastic summer ever. And, uh, you know, he kind of gives me a look out of one eye when I say it, but- He's enjoying it, kind of see what's going on and seeing what uh, business really looks like and, or, you know, the, the, the archaic way I do it, but, yeah. uh, you know, he's learning. So well, it's been fun. And plus, you know, I just want to try to, you know, connect with him deeper. Sure. One summer. That's good. Well, before he gets any older. Yeah. Um, I saw him make a cameo appearance in one of the new commercials. Yeah, yeah, we got him doing that. <laughs> that was pretty cool. We got was, him doing some social media stuff, and you know. cool, good. Well, um, it was good to hang out with him a little bit at, at ACA too, and um, just spend some time, you know, with him, with him there, and talking with him. And I think we actually he was there, and it was his birthday, which yeah. I don't think he was super pleased with spending his birthday <laughs> yeah, at, at ACA, at the ACA convention, <laughs> right? 
Um, so just a, a couple, you know, to our listeners, I mean, uh, you know, Ken has been on a lot of time again. Thanks for coming back, back in again, Ken. And I always look forward to, we always have a good time on the podcast. Um, you know, and you've done so many, uh, with us and I, it's because I enjoy it. It's good content and it always has massive, you know, downloads, which can tells me, it tells us, you know, continually over and over again, that there's lots of value in it. So constantly bringing value, which you've done to the industry for years. Um, but you had the, and, and let, me, let me, let me jump in. Like people ask me why I do that, and it's very simple. In 1988, I was struggling. I had my last few bucks. I didn't know what to do. And I was looking through a trade magazine, and I found ACA. ACA had a convention in San Antonio, and I had just enough money to go to it. So I just said, maybe, maybe there's an answer there that can help me. And I flew to San Antonio, went to the convention, I don't know, within the first day, I met a couple guys, older guys, started talking to me. They started sharing ideas. They kind of got me thinking correctly, pointed me in the right direction, and kind of mentored me a little bit and got me out of my hole. And so, you know, I remembered that. And and it's been a key practice of mine through my whole journey is to, you know, connect with other industry leaders and learn from them and share best practices as my currency to, uh, you know, to pay them back for all their help. And, you know, we've just kind of created this environment of helping each other succeed. So it really started there. Somebody offered me a hand. Now I'm offering somebody else a hand. Yep. Well, which is great. And then you were, you, you, you've been a part of the first two Rhino X, um, and are going to be a part of the third. Yeah. And so just another like kind of extension of you, giving back and, um, and the feedback, the, the post event survey always has great feedback about you and the time that you've spent with them and, and the depth at which you go and, and answering some of their questions and like some of the things that they're able to legit take away and implement, uh, Amanda Triolo being one like specific case study I can think of where she went back and implemented her business is blown up. She's almost like, she, she thinks she's going to finish this year around 10 million. Yeah. So, it's amazing what she's done. So she's doing a great job too of actually going back and, and implementing things that you had shared with her. You spent, and that was at the first one. Yeah. So, um, but that's the impact that, you know, that's having. So you've had, you've been able to take all this experience, which you've had quite a bit all over the place, a uh, good and bad, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, and be able to, to, you know, to give back in, in a big way. And this podcast, you know, allows us to do that. And it's kind of, you know, for me, it's, this is, this is my way of, of doing the same thing with as much reach as I can possibly get. And I certainly don't have the experience that you have, but I have the ability to bring you on and your experience on to share with the listeners. So that's why we continue to have you back on here because it actually works and people are listening and implementing and doing things. So, um, so Rhino X 2023, February 16th. Um, I mean, the wait list is already a pretty decent size, which is a pretty good feeling, you know, because we keep it small. Um, but it is nice. That's to- the only reason I speak so I can, get invited to come. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you, you're out yeah, you're you yeah. looking in the door, <laughs> yeah. like trying to get in my, my nose pressed up against That's the window right. waiting hey, Duncan, to get invited to the party. Duncan, you can come, but sorry, <laughs> dad's out. <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, I, I'm not, again, like, I, you know, I'm not going to share anything on, on air about what we'll do, but if you've been to any of the Rhino X's, you know, we kind of go all out with it too. And it only gets bigger and better, which is kind of like what the, uh, what our employees expect for us at Rhino with the Christmas party. This past year's will be kind of a little bit hard to, to overcome, but we'll do our best. I'm sure we'll be all right. Well, I, I live, I've spent my whole life going to HVAC conventions, right? Mm-hmm. My whole life. My dad, you know, I was a kid and I, w- I went with him 
went to them with my dad. But like, I will say though, that you're, you put on a very quality event and, uh, you know, it's, it's very sophisticated players all coming together, serious business people. Uh, you got great content and mind stimulating conversations and every, everybody comes away with lots of pearls uh, to go back and implement in their business. So, you know, I, hands down, you run the finest uh, industry related, um, what do you call this seminar? What do you call it? Mastermind. If you mastermind know. group. Yep, yeah. Good. You run, run the, the greatest uh, industry mastermind group that I've ever been involved in. And that means you. a lot. I appreciate you saying that. I'm going to take these headphones off because it feels weird because Ken doesn't have any on too. So hang on. I don't need them. <clears throat> Here you go, Ryan. You can take this. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. So, and I appreciate you coming back again a third year. Uh, I do think it has uh, value for for all of you that are that come and speak as well on the panel too. I mean, I think we have coming back that, that have confirmed coming back to 2023 is um, you, uh, Leland will be back. I love having Leland there. Yeah. Um, Kenny Haynes doesn't want to miss out again, so Ken's Ken's coming back. He didn't come last year. I think he had a little FOMO, which is great. So he's coming back. Um, Geiger's on the fence. I know he'll he'll end up coming too. I mean, he just needs to check on dates. I use air quotes. Um, but he'll be in on that thing. Um, but we've had a few others saying they want to come. I talked to you about one of them too. We, you know, a, a couple of po few podcasts ago, we had, um, I mean, Jim, Jim Abrams, which the story is, in, is incredible. And, um, it, it, I enjoyed having him on the podcast cause I love a good history lesson in the industry. And that certainly was one of them too. And if I could get him there, depending on guessing his health, like it would be cool to have him in there. Um, Jimmy Hiller expressed interest in wanting to kind of come and be a part of it. Um, so also been a guest on here. The, what I like about that is it's, it's, it's really cool for me to have brought all of you guys of that caliber who I have relationships with together, you know, which is why I think what really sets, sets it apart from everything else is being able to, to do that, bring you guys together and then watch you guys do your thing on the Q and a panel for me is like the moments I get to sit back and be like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I was able to bring this together for everybody that's coming in here. And this is pretty cool because you know how it is. Like a lot of times <clears throat> some people are too afraid to even approach you. Well, you know, and, and I can understand that. I mean, because it's the first time that we had connected with you. I just had to like put on my game face and be like, Hey, I've never met with Ken. We got Ken to come on the first podcast with us too. Um, but I understand why people feel that way. So this puts them in the, in the scenario. I got no idea. Why would anyone feel that way? I'm a nice guy. <laughs> approachable, <laughs> big smile. Yeah, sure. That's exactly what they think. <laughs> I think more. I don't think get it. I really don't. I really don't get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, arguably one of the best. But, but, operators. but listen, here's what, this, what I was going to say. Every one of these guys that you, you're talking about that you want on the panel and such. Every one of us have orbited around Jim Abrams. Like, you know, we're all in the Jim, Jim, Jim Abrams. Uh, John Young. John Young, John what do you Smith. call that? What do you call it? What, what the, the force of the earth that keeps you orbiting around it? What is that called? Uh, well, whatever that's called, that's what we are. But we, you know, all of us have kind of come, you know, from his teachings. And, you know, I was a member of his best practice group for years. And I know Leland was. I think all the other guys you named were at yeah. one pump at one point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll clearly say, and Jim, uh, I'll clearly say about Jim Abrams, I believe that he probably, you know, his, 
his program and his teachings probably uh, elevated my success most rapidly of any other things I've ever done. Wow. Well, um, I'm guessing there's probably a few that have said that same thing. Yeah. I mean, he was the first what, first consolidator, right? And that. Well, he, no, he was the first affinity group. That's, he created the first. I mean, I, I guess you could call ACA one, I guess. So maybe they were the first. But in terms of really getting down to the granular level of business and lead generation, lead conversion and client fulfillment and all the other elements of leadership, management, money. I mean, he really dug into it deep when I would say in the beginning stages of ACA, maybe it was more trade related, yeah. you know, how to actually do the work and, yep. and, and calculate it and things. But yeah. Um, I believe that Jim Abrams probably was uh, the, the key innovator of the modern home service business. Well, did you ever get this? Well, I guess that would be a stupid question. You probably, you did. I never actually got to see him speak live ever, even though I'd heard his name for, for really the entire time I've ever been involved in the home services space. I never actually got to see him speak, which is why I was like, just trying to throw it out there while I had him, you know, face to face and saying, Hey, can I get you to Rhino X? And, and he seems engaged, but, uh, he has yet to commit. <laughs> so we'll keep trying. I, I don't have much quit in me, so I'll get it done. But it's clearly been that, something. That it'd you, be a great ad. He's a great speaker, it, and and uh, you know he's really done a lot for the industry. He's yeah. really uh, an industry icon, a true industry icon, I would say. Um, I would agree. <laughs> well, but as are as are you. So it's just been kind of like you know it. It's just neat for me to have relationships with you know. Not, I mean, you and I have a good friendship, and and I'm grateful for that too. And not that I have that deep. of Friendship with some of the others, but I have relationships with them, you know, they come and speak, um, and some business relationships as well. So to me, it's just cool to bring it all together. Um, but clearly you've been able to take it over the years and build something great. I mean, your last, you know, um, recap, we'll call it was what half a billion in that, in yeah, that something range? Like that. somewhere around that range. So you have an idea of, of what you're doing. Um, but like maybe give the listeners, you know, maybe an update, like post, you know, your new, this new um, partnership, your new sponsor, you know, whatever you're wanting to, to call it. Like, you, I'm sure you have a new plan, but, and then, um, I mean, when you and I were talking this morning, you're walking around. So clearly you're still kind of on your personal, uh, per personal, personal health, your personal health journey. Um, but I've also, you, you mentioned Duncan and you're, you're kind of spending some more meaningful time with him. It seems like that's kind of the space that you're living in, at least like that's the way it appears to me from the outside too. You guys got your place in Tyler. You're spending some like good quality time there, which is awesome. So like what's going on, man? Like give us the update on, on where you are now with this. Like what's this new phase look like this new relationship? Like what's, cause you're on a new journey. The thousand, the thousand day journey is over. I'm sure there's something else. We'll talk about that later, but how are things well, okay. Post. So on July 27th, that's my two year anniversary. That was my two year anniversary from when I started my, uh, you know, health journey, health journey, we'll call it right. Or clean up my act journey, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, <laughs> transformation, two, two transformation. years, July 27th was two years. And so, you know, so I, I, I set goals and I had a goal weight I wanted to be at and, and it happened to be a hundred pounds from where I started. So I knocked a hundred and even 100 off and, you know, I'm maintaining it. I'm keeping it. You know, you, you go up a couple down a couple and you're playing that game all the time. But I just was myopic about saying 
I'm going to be on July 27th every year at 100 pounds down from my top weight or better forever, right? So that's my goal. And so on July 27th, morning got on the scale, boom, I was where I needed to be. But you got to work it. You have to work it every single day. And, you know, it's... um, I guess I, it's not that I didn't know it, but you just weren't living conscious of it, being conscious of the fact that anything you want to accomplish in life takes effort, right? It takes an op, a system, an operating system. And so managing your weight, you have to be conscious of it. And you, maybe not you, because you're one of those guys who can eat anything, anytime. <laughs> but, uh, you know, totally for me, true. it has to be, <laughs> have to be conscious about it and start kind of planning a little bit. When I eat, vacations, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to conduct myself, and, and this drinking. and that. So Alcohol, drinking, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've really tightened all that up, and I, I got a good routine now, and I don't believe it's onerous. I don't believe it's like occupying too much of my headspace. That said, speaking of headspace, I think I'm losing my hair now. So I went from <laughs> fat, now I'm going to be bald. Like I'm like I'm getting the whole fucking life experience here. Fat, bald, who knows what else, you know. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to lose a toe or something next. I don't know. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. Well, I'll tell you what, what's really going to come full circle is if you end up having to get a big valve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's really going to come full circle. Yeah, don't even don't even say that. I never even considered that until you just said that. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we won't rule it out, but let's hope it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, <happen>. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I know somebody else here that's going to, is on a new health journey. We got Ryan here on a new health journey too. So, um, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head too. It's that, that consistency, the perseverance piece of it. I mean, the will, like just the constant getting up and doing it over and over. Like, I think the conversation that we were having, oh, wait, we just, me and you this morning was talking about, yeah, I do. I don't, um, you know, I can't eat quite a bit of things and not like really gain weight, but I'm starting to, I'm 43 and I'm starting to feel like I always joke and say, I start to look like the Grinch. Because the Grinch is like, you know, skinny, but then has like a little beer belly. I'm kind of getting one of those. I just hide it really, really well. So I just keep wearing black shirts because they're slimming. <laughs> That's the trick. <clears throat> so, okay, nobody wants to hear about that shit. So I'm going to go pregnant jeans. <laughs> pregnant jeans. Yeah, you know, the, the ones that pull up over? over? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Hey, Ryan, let me tell you something. <laughs> Ryan, I have toiled and struggled my life with weight. Okay. And so on this time, I'm like, uh, you know, I keep doing the same stupid stuff over and over. Right. And expecting different results, which is the definition of insanity. insanity right. Yep. So I just said, look, I am probably not going to go to the gym every day. I'm probably not. Like I just, I've been, I've seen this movie play out a million times. So I'm going to pick something that I can do just something. It might not be as impactful, but I'm going to do something that I know I can do. And so I'm going to walk. And so I started walking because I knew at least I would do that. It doesn't hurt as much. Not, <laughs> don't get so sore, you know. You can still work. You don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> but uh, so I started walking. And I'll tell you this. It's hard to keep up walking, too. It's hard to keep up the routine, but it's a lot easier than getting yourself up to go lift those weights, go do a sit-up or go, you know, to the gym. So listen, my advice, just do something that you know you can do every day. Don't push it too hard, just something, and you keep consistent. And that is the magic, is the consistency of it 
not the intensity of it. Yep. No zero days. No zero days, baby. Um, thank you. Look at that. See, you, there you go, Ryan. You're on your health journey. Now we're going to document that live on the air here too with our with all of our listeners, like your journey. So no extra pressure. Okay, buddy? We got that Facebook group that, uh, you know, the, the first step with Ken Goodrich right. these guys started. Right. I mean, I'm, I post on it every single day. I mean, at least sometimes we get engagement, sometimes we don't. But at least I know for me, I feel like, well – that's an obligation I have, so it makes me do it. Yeah. Right? Extra yeah. layer of accountability, right? Yeah. Um, so, if, you know, if you want to get on, let me say, get your fat ass out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> Start walking. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love it. Um, okay. <laughs> Anybody else listening? You you as well. Yeah. <laughs> you you too. as well. You as well. Um, so I do want to jump into some of the, the topics because we have been going on for, for quite a bit now, but, um, I, it, you know, a lot of this stuff too, and my, my thought and, you know, our conversations, we're just kind of talking about this whole private equity, equity world. What does it really mean? Like beyond what we think it means, um, and what time is it right to do it? All the things that I've seen over the last year, even this year, the amount of consolidations that I've been uh, involved in, whether it's my own customer, like own customers who've gone through the consolidation process, the relationships I've had. Um, but what I see is, um, you know, a, a small little piece of, in comparison to what you've seen and been involved with and even understand. So I think that it's kind of nice to do a little bit of refresher on like private equity and, and when maybe even is it the right time to do it? <clears throat> um, maybe what are some things to, to, to look for in that, in that type of a, of a relationship with a, with a particular um, private equity firm. Um, but maybe let's just kind of talk about the whole PE game and, and like, what is it really? Like, what is that game really? Like, as we said here today, because it's gotten a little bit more crowded in our space. What is that? What, it, what really is the, the private equity game? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Well, now, just just a disclaimer here. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. <clears throat> I'm a buck crack HVAC guy <laughs> who's been around and seen a lot of things. And I got some new experiences that most of my fellow buck cracks don't have, <laughs> right? Because I just had put myself in these other situations. <laughs> so I'll tell you my experience. But, you know, if you want to rely on it to sell the family business, you probably ought to go talk to the, the professionals too. Sure, sure. I just want to put that disclaimer out. So that's what very, was your question. Yeah. That was very, uh, well, listen, like I do see of you. Well, listen, so I do, uh, listen, I do real estate syndications. I've done 27 land deals over my, over my career. Right. And my lawyer's like, you put on every piece of paper that there's no possible way you'll ever make money on this investment. You'll be stupid. If you ever put a dollar into this thing, and we're not guaranteeing anything. You put it on every piece of paper so that 
people understand this is an investment. There's a risk. <laughs> <laughs> but they pan out. Yeah, but they, you know, they, <laughs> they, pan they out. do it. We did it and we made money. Yeah, they but. pan out. Yeah. So, so clearly, yeah, even though you might not be a All right, lawyer. I, I get, that was a big out. left turn. Okay. No, what okay. was your question? No, anyway. So like, I'm just talking about the private equity game. Like, so what is the private equity game really? And maybe even more so like um, when somebody is looking for, you know, a, pot a potential partner, which there's lots and lots of people reaching out, um, you, a conversation you and I had that I thought was, was really good was around um, when choosing like if, if your intent is to take your existing business and then scale it with private equity help, it's probably important that you have uh, a partner that's good at operations, right? To, to be able to legit scale it. And, and there's some that don't really have that. Maybe, maybe they have it at some level, but like at what level, but what is this private equity game really? I mean, it's gotten super crowded. What is it most that, or what is it about the like the private equity game that is like the end game for them, the firm first, right? Because they're right. Do, they're trying to buy you for a reason and that's to scale you or what is it? So you tell me, like tell our listeners, what really truly is the private equity game? So the term private equity just means it's, it's an investment made by a private company, not a public company. Right. Right. So it's private equity. Um, and it, you know, it has some similar c characteristics as the stock market is, as you're buying, buying and selling, uh, businesses, right. And the value valuation of the business in, in its entirety, you're not just focused on the profits of the business. So it's about investing in a company and, and growing the, uh, growing the returns. So the business becomes more valuable and then setting in a course with the right timing to be in the right market where the uh, people are willing to pay more multiples of the earnings, for instance, uh, uh, for that new growth, because it's a consistent investment vehicle. So if you talk about, you, you can, you can trade in equities or you can trade in stocks. And that has the, it, it's certain characteristics and returns and this and that and risks. Uh, what, ha, what has gone on over the years, and private equity really has not been around that long, is probably maybe 40 years or so. But what, what they found out was is that investing in these uh, private businesses where somebody has figured out a niche and a model and put together a management team and they're able to invest in the company with new capital for growth, with some uh, intellectual capital to, uh, to add to the management team to help lead it in a new direction, with acquisitions to grow it and add other services on it to make the whole enterprise much more valuable. And then they sell, and then they sell the enterprise for a profit. Mm -hmm. Now, we can get even deeper and say most private equity uh, funds get their money from pension funds, retirement funds. Uh, you know, Texas Teachers Fund is a is a big one for the group I'm in, right? Mm -hmm. So they invest they they invest in a fund, and those guys buy businesses. They get them grow. They grow the businesses. They sell the businesses, and most PE groups take about twenty percent off the 
the, the profit of selling it. 80% goes back to the fund to build the returns for the retirement fund to continue to have enough money to keep it up, keeping up with inflation keep going. so that they can pay their uh, retirees. Got it. <clears throat> and so there's been, um, well, thanks for that. There's been, you know, like concerns that happen with that. I, that I think I probably hear the most is, um, is what's being presented to me from the potential private equity partners, typically what's actually happening post, um, post, you know, transaction. So where it's like, uh, Hey, we really want to make sure we keep, you know, our staff in place and we don't want to, you know, have to report to, I'm using air quotes, a board or like, um, is there different variations of those things? Like you've been through enough of these to have seen probably a few different looks at how I'll call it post, you know, post-mortem for you know, lack of a better term. But what, I mean, is it, is it most of the time these days as advertised, Hey, we're going to come in and, um, because the pool is big and you've got maybe, you maybe have fought, you've drew, you've narrowed it down to five real players that you could potentially see a partnership with. And they're all saying they want to do X for you. And here's the multiple and like, Hey, now that we're into it, is it, is it really what they say it's going to be? Is there, does it, is it, is it a sales pitch? Is, does it depend upon the actual private equity partner and who you choose? You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to alleviate some of the fear that some of the listeners might have in moving forward with this, that do, that, sh, you know, that are wanting to move forward with it. Is there something, is it, I guess what I'm trying to say at the end of the day is, is it more of a sales pitch than anything? Should there be concern that maybe it's smoke and mirrors? I think you need to look, yes, you should always be concerned. I think that you should, you know, you need to understand with what do you want out of the deal. A couple of times I've sold businesses because I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't, I'd hit a wall. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have the mon enough money to grow. It was hard. You know, business is hard. You get stressed out. You it was a big fight. It's a giant grind for a long period of time. Yep. So a couple of times I sold just to get out of that grind. And I, you know, my plans were not that static, what I was going to do after. But what I found myself into once I got myself relieved from the pain, we'll call it. So I, so I monetized my assets. So I got the cash, relieved myself from the pain. These deals, you know, they want to keep you in the deal some way to give you another hunt. So you'll stick around and sure. protect their asset. Right. Yep. So uh, I just got interested in those hunts and I got re revitalized and I started to learn new things and it got me back, back in the game and back going again. Is that part of where the intellectual capital piece really comes into play? Because now you're also learning more things from some of those partnerships to help, you know, one, make you smarter, but also help make you better. It is, it is for me, that's been invigorating, you know, to go through these different experience I had. I mean, the first time I sold was back in 97. I sold to ARS and I was, you know, a, senior, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> ARS was, uh, <laughs> ARS was, um, was pulled together by a bunch of guys from, uh, BF, BFI Browning Ferris industries, which is a garbage consolidator back in the seventies and eighties. And, you know, they rolled up the garbage industry <laughs> and these guys were really pro M&A guys doing billion dollar deals all the time. 
and I got put on that team and I got, I learned from them for a few years and, you know, experience you'd never have run an HVAC shop, for instance. So I was invigorated by that and, and, uh, you know, it got me going. The, the whole point I was bringing up <clears throat> that I hit the wall is for, I know there's gotta be guys listening to me that feel like they're hitting the wall to get up every morning and go through this fight that you're going through and not, don't have it all pulled together is difficult. You're like, maybe I should just sell it and get out from under it. And maybe it's not for me. And you have all these conversations. Uh, I would say I regretted it. I wish I would have just hung in there, got the help and moved it forward and created a more valuable asset, done the same thing eventually. But, you know, I wanted to do it on, you know, on the leading edge. Like I have something real valuable you want, not, you're going to save me from my plight. Yeah. Right? So wrong. Yeah, I got it. So when you guys think about that, there's nothing wrong with getting out of your plight. There's nothing wrong with getting out of the pain. If you want to do it, you do it. I'm just telling you for me, I regretted it. You would have rather worked through it. I would have rather yeah. worked. Now that I've done, I would have wor rather worked for, through it. Now that said, I think that the culmination of experiences I've had through the years have created me the way I am today. So, you know, there was a lot of good that came. So maybe out it's of it. easier to say that now. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also I wonder if, and only you'll be able to answer this one. <clears throat> I wonder if there was as much help, willing help then as there is like today, to help somebody that's in that scenario from a peer or like. There's some of these different groups and stuff, but like today, perfect example. Was there a was there somebody of excuse me, of equal size to you then who you could have said, Hey, I need some, like, I need some help. Can I reach out to you? Like you can today. Like somebody could say, Hey Ken, you know, I need some help, man. And you'll connect with them. Did you have that then to be able to lean on? Was that an option? <clears throat> um, I probably had it, but, the, but there was no means to get a hold of them. You know, it, there was no social media. There Smoke wasn't any internet. Cause it was yeah, how long I mean, ago? You had to kind of, you know, it's who you knew. I mean, I still did it. I've been networking on this industry for many, many years, right. but uh, it wasn't as easy. I mean, now guys, you know, guys go on Facebook, they ask a question, 30 guys answer, give them their answer. They'll pick one. They're like, cool, man, I got it done. Thank you. And they, and they move on. Yeah. You know, back then, you know, it was like a, a cup and a string, <laughs> right? <laughs> Smoke yep. signals, like you said. <clears throat> Well, so you went through, um, you went through, you had three, you've had three sponsors, right? I've had three sponsors and a public company. Got it. So four, four total. Got it. So you've seen, you've had a few looks at some different things. Can you break, can you maybe break down, I'm assuming you learned different things at different levels. Like I remember when you were uh, in conversations with this most recent um, partner, of you kind of sharing like some of the uh, folks that were involved in it that were um, that you maybe hadn't or hadn't dealt with before or worked with before. Or like, I, and I don't know if I understood it wrong, but my, my point is, is that were there different levels? I mean, as you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, the partners become different um, or do they like, maybe we talk about your going into your, you know, your first sponsor to your second, to your third. I'm not sure when the public came in and when that came into play, I'm assuming, I don't know if that was, those first, the first RS, yeah. So with the RS, okay. But maybe talk about through the first one, you know, this is what 
um, I thought was going to happen. And that's exactly how it played out. And I went to the second one and I was able to learn like that. Just take me through the journey of those couple of those sponsors. So I understand what maybe you learned from each of them. Well, I'll start with the ARS one, the public one. So, you know, I learned a lot about uh, the M&A side of the business. I learned about lots about uh, the numbers of the business, certainly the, you know, more, more in terms of what buying companies does for the value and how to look at the valuation of the total business. Back then, we weren't driving metrics maybe as hard as we do today, but uh, um, some. But really back then it was really, that's when I really got exposed to all of the mergers and acquisitions. And I was deeply involved in a lot of big deals and I was deeply involved in a lot of contracts and negotiations and, you know, the integration after we bought them, things like that. So learned a ton right there. And then w when I left that and I started building um, a business I started in Las Vegas called Yes, I started to apply you know, then I could apply the M&A tactic, tactics, right? The second one I went to was, uh, it was an ARS-sponsored deal, and they had a PE group. So I was a, a senior executive, and um, so I was involved in the, at the board level from time to time and saw what went on there. In th that particular case, you know, they were letting the management team kind of run the business, and it was a pretty sophisticated management team. Um, but, But... What they did was um, they kind of used it as their own little, that was their own little, that was their own, I'm trying to be political back here. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, the, in that particular case, that group was uh, uh, living off the business, you know, charging big fees, you know, big fees for acquisitions and big fees for everything they did. So, you know, I don't know that they were much help, but you got to pay them millions of dollars for everything that happened. So, you know, that was yeah. my experience. I didn't see a big um, uh, advantage to that other than, you know, they were able to buy the company. Uh, third one was uh, the group that I'm dealt with out of Kansas City, the bomb, bomb, right? bomb capital. And... I would say what I learned there, oh, let me back up. Let me back up. When I went to ARS the second time, what the, the benefit I got there is the management team there. They came from True Green and Terminex and all that kind of stuff, scaled home business models, you know, billion-dollar, multi-branched, scaled models, right? And so these guys knew how to run uh, managers, um, you know, multi-branch operations, multi-branch managers. On a national scale. Right. Yeah. How to, you know, keep them in the game and how to, you know, you know, how to set up their pay plans and their bonus plans and how to set up um, uh, the accounting so it keeps them focused on what they need to get focused and not distracted. I mean, there's a million different nuances I learned from those guys. Yeah. And listen, I am a, like, I'm a, I'm just, curious. I don't know why I'm very curious. I want to learn all the time. I'm soaking in information. So that was a great experience for me because these guys had done it since, you know, they were probably 40 years. They had been at it in this whole home service business. And they probably, um, that's really where I really understood multi-branch operations. 
and you know the nuances of the managers, you know the role in shared services, decentralized versus centralized, centralized right. all this stuff, right? That was a great experience there. But their PE group, that was to me, uh, uh, to me what they did was they gave the money so that these management team could buy the business. They put the money in, but after that they were of littler. I didn't see a lot of value there. Got it. Um, the bomb group. Now the bomb guys were former investment bankers, um, small fund, uh, not very big. And I didn't know, I didn't know what I should be looking for. You sure. Know? I hired Fred, Fred, here's a guy. We had a bunch of, you know, we had a bunch of people we had to see and we, you know, we ended up with that one. But Baum, what I liked about Baum was a uh, very thoughtful guys, very experienced, smart business guys, but not too much. And they had not really had a lot of hands-on operational stuff. So they stayed out of my way there. But where they really got me up to speed on is contracts and all the, the, uh, the banking relationships and how to think about leverage and, uh, you know, our acquisition profile and things like that, you know, they were valuable in that respect. And that's what we, they taught us. And they were great partners, very thoughtful, took care of all the back end stuff. You know, the way I see it now, if you want to continue in the game where you start building your businesses, it, it, uh, it is a real shot in the arm to get a capital partner on your side so you can grow and, and you de-risk yourself. So you're de-risking yourself that your whole personal world is not tied to the business in some way, right? You know, that one misstep couldn't, you know, could have your house foreclosed on or something like that, right? So you've de-risked your family, you put some nest, a nest egg away so they're safe and everything's good. Now you can go play your game unbridled, right? Right. Now you have a bigger field to run in. You can go get it. It's far less risk, yep. I mean, it's it's a little more comforting to go into the scenario like that. Right. And you got a little bit, some chips off the table and kind of a little bit of security. So that's what the bomb guys allowed me to do. I mean, they really allowed me to run and, you know, you, you've, I felt supported and backed, but they didn't bother me too much. And I would say that's, I, I wasn't looking for them don't get me wrong. I could bounce concepts off of them and just a great sounding board. And we put stuff together. They're business people. Don't get me wrong, but they hadn't been deep rooted into PPC lead gen. <laughs> we know how to make these levers move there. They, they didn't know that. Right. Um, but that's what I picked up from them. And we had an incredible outcome. But also one, well, I think it seems like too, well, a couple things. One, Bomb was the one that supported your thousand day plan too. It was a part of that whole ride with you. Yep. But it seems like the perfect marriage came in because of your personal operational strength. If that's one thing where they had some of this other business like support type stuff, acquisitions, like doing helping with the deals, whatever that stuff is, you're able to bring in that operational excellence, which is what made that thing I think so incredibly successful because you've had that is something that you are passionate about. I mean, you had the the, um, was it these the seven centers of management and attention piece, like that you've kind of a foundation that you've built things off of, like mm -hmm. that is kind of your wheelhouse. So it seems like it was a really good marriage between the two of you guys. It was good. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you this, just uh, full transparency. 
a big driver of me selling to bomb at that time was I had a wall. I mean, I physically, you know, it was, it was when I was in my worst, I was physically drained, you know, I wasn't living right, you know? And so I just, the opportunity was there. It was a big number. I'm like, maybe it's time to kind of get safe and, and work on myself. And that, you know, that was one of the reasons why I did it. Now, again, looking back on it, I guess with timing, I may, I may have done, been able to do better had I waited from that transaction and grew a little more, but I'm pretty happy with the outcome. Yeah, I was going right? to say, like, it seems silly to hear, <clears throat> not silly, it's probably not the right word. It just seems weird to hear you say, like, knowing where you're at, like, today. Because I didn't, I don't know, I don't know that I knew that about you making the bomb relationship, but that's where mentally where you, you were at. We may have talked about it, but I don't remember that being, I thought you were like, hey, I know what I can do with this thing. It's the timing is right. I'm going to bring on this capital partner and let's go. I didn't realize you were at a space where you would kind of hit a wall. Well, I bought Gettle for the, for the distinct purpose of driving, growing it and getting a private equity sponsor and continue to grow it and Gettleize the nation. Super I intentional. Super intentional. Day one. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I just got in a bad spot where I just felt like I should. And the reason why I want to tell you this, cause I'm, I'm the guy looking at everybody's other contractors in the eye. Every time we talk to them about maybe partnering up and I know what's going on in their head. Cause I was there. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so I'm just telling you that it's not always because it's a big windfall and you're going to get, you know, you know, you're going to get rich, rich, rich. It's sometimes there's strategic reasons why you would do this is all I'm trying to really point out. So then from bomb, you go into this next one. So now, the, now you go into the next one. So um, now we're in the major leagues, right? Maybe I'm, I'm not going to call it the major leagues. I, I think that the industry itself might be in, in you know, Division One college right now. There's a group of us that are playing a Division One college game. We're not all pro yet because it's not all pulled together. You know, diverse brands. We're not all branded up. It's not all tight. The brand isn't driving the customer engagement. The brand isn't really really driving the sales. Uh, 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 more than just the constant advertising, Game, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so I don't think we're in the pros yet. We're not discount tires or, you know, something like that. But we're in the Division One college game. For the industry, I think you're in the, I would say you're in the pros. Like this, like you bring, bring up discount tires, so it makes me think of if I'm comparing it to something like that, of that national like brand, or actually more than that, Potentially, I could see D one like being the, like the, the the story here, but I think in the industry, our industry, the HVAC, plumbing, electrical space, I do believe it is the pros. Maybe maybe you're trying to get to the all star, like to get the all star game or the World Series of it. But um, I do think it's weird for me to sit here and listen to you say it's D one when it seems so much so much more than that. Well, I'll tell you this: the the game that we play today, it's it's gotten escalated every move I've made, but the game we play today is uh, bigger, bigger, smarter, and faster than I've ever been involved in. So you're, you're learning 
I'm learning, I'm challenged. My management team's learning and challenged. We're exhilarated by it. But I kind of knew this was coming. So I, I'd been pulling people with diverse experience for years, you know, people that came from big corporate backgrounds, managed right. large projects. Fighter pilots. You know, <laughs> you know, fighter pilots, all kinds of stuff to put in my management team. So I have a, you know, I got, I have a management team with some um, runway, yeah. you know, runway to grow. And they're stepping up. But this group came in, man. We did, we, we closed the deal December 10th, which running a process on that size company, running, running the, running the uh, sale process and a uh, due diligence on these business is hard. Yeah. It's hard for anybody. You run it on this size of transaction, this size of business, it is absolutely grueling. I mean, it beat me up six months. That's what I was going to ask. So diligence was six months? Well, between, you know, the road shows, the interviews, the dinners, the meetings, you know, it was six straight months every single day. The practicing, we practiced for two months, the presentation, <laughs> two months, on the weekends, everything. So anyway, we're pretty beat up. And then we go into, we, 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 um, we go into uh, January and one of our key C-suite team members decides that she didn't want to work anymore. She made a nice score on the deal, didn't, didn't feel like wanted the stress anymore. So, okay, it's not, it's not slavery. So, yeah. you know, go Cashed ahead. And but now we were left without a key role. And we hadn't, you know, our budgets weren't quite tight enough because we were doing the process through the Q4. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I'm thinking, man, and these guys just paid a big number for this. And, you know, I have a personal code, right? If I sell you something, I want it to be valuable. I want you to get what you, more than what you believe you paid for, right? These businesses over the years I've sold, I've always tried to make them built solid with a management team with some systems that I, that I represent. As long as you just keep it down this lane, this cash flow will be steady, and, and I've been successful at that. So it was very important to me that we came in this thing and I didn't stub my toe the first time with this big group because yeah. we're dealing now, we're dealing with the upper tier. Like we're dealing with the world-class business people, right? Yeah. And so we come out a little slow. I don't have the budgets done and we're trying to dig through that. And, 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 I, and frankly, I was kind of, you know, I was coming in when I wanted to. And, you know, I was kind of like I had a great team. They were running it. Well, I had to jump back in and we tightened it up. We closed Q1 on plan. So it was good. And now, you know, we're up back off to the races. But with, with the cadence of communication, with the fidelity of the numbers, with the some of the experiences that these guys have had with some other big scaled businesses, like they just, uh, you know, like, they, uh, they owned a company, Window Nation, that, uh, you know, they went from four to 27 locations in three years, things like that. And how did they do it? It was all Greenfield. Oh, okay. How did they do it? How did they execute? Nice. What was their time frame to go in and start lead gen? And, you know, what was their acceptable uh, uh, marketing spend for the first six months? And how did they expect it to taper off as they started to 
to, to gain market share, things like that. Yeah. And, and we started to apply these things and now we're off to the races and we're 33% up year over year organically. So I'm very exhilarated that the, the pace is there, but I want to tell everybody that like one, this is the kind of firm that you want to get involved in. I'm not in, promoting my particular sponsor. I'm just promoting, you want to get involved with business people who have a track record of doing it. And more specifically, somebody's had a track record in things that are similar to what we do so they can add value because you're only in this game to treat your business as an asset. And you're trying to continue to increase the value of the asset and pedal the value, pedal that asset time and time again, sell pieces of it off for you to bring, to add to your personal wealth. That's why you're at it, right? Yep. So that's good. I mean, that's, I think that's a, a, a probably a, a clip we'll use <laughs> for sure. Um, but that's it. Yeah. So, right. So get in the game where you have the best chance of doing that, where you have the right partners, the right education, the right pace, and you've assembled the right management team that can keep up with that. Otherwise, you're going to have a lackluster experience. And I'll tell you this. One thing I am afraid of is, is I see some, uh, some smaller operators and they're getting rolled up by some kind of I call them house flippers. I don't know what else to call them, like house flipper PE guys. Like guys that they went to a real PE shop and got them to back them to go put some deals together because they've seen everybody making all this money in HVAC. And they cobble together a bunch of businesses and promise them the world and the second bite story and the blah, blah, blah story. Now, right now, some of those guys will win just, just because the market is driving it because it started at a five multiple and it's at 15, 20 now. So you're going to make, they should make some money, but you see what's happening with the economy. You think there's, there's all kinds of signs that business is going to get tougher and they don't know what to do. So are they going to lead you out of the, out of the fog? Right. So you got to be really careful who you align with. I would say either, Align with you either just sell it and move on. If you can't align with a real operator and they're just uh, a sponsor for money and you don't really see an end to them and they don't really have a track record, maybe just sell it for full price and go figure out something else to do as opposed to get stuck in that hell. Cause I've seen it time and time again in many industries where guys get tied up with inexperienced PE or PE that really has no operating experience and they, fall flat on their face. That's good. Um, Ryan, did you feel the intensity in that conversation just now? That was really good. Yeah. Um, that was like uh, a super uh, listeners. If you pick up on that, a pretty passionate moment. I think I could feel a little bit of the, I could feel a little bit of that <laughs> energy coming out of you as you're sharing that information. Um, well, I, that's, I, I mean, like think, I just want to make sure that the listeners understand this. Look, Think about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my business or sell my business to this guy, this company, this PE group. And for the promise of driving the growth up, having them help me make it easier for me, less taxing on me, on my time, my family, less risky, 
and then we're going to drive it up and make the second transaction bigger than the first. That's what they always promise, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then make, make sure you're aligning with somebody who has a track record of doing it. And I'm not talking about they sold one business one time for 7 million bucks, a real track record on, on how they execute, how they understand about talent. That's another big thing is both with bomb and this, my new group, they really understand how to find real talent and how to get real talent in your businesses. I mean, I, I'm, I've been putting in guys this last seven years into my company that I never dreamt would even, would even want to be involved in HVAC and plumbing, but really <laughs> high caliber people who come in with management skills, come in with leadership skills, come in with logistic skills. I mean, they, they come in with it. They're plug and play. And that's a great, when you can get to that point, that's a great day. <laughs> Business gets a lot easier and much more fun. Scourge. <laughs> now you got to wait until next week for episode 134, part two with my man, K.G. Ken Goodrich. Sorry. Till next time. We'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.